Welcome to the Legacy Nashville Podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. Let's stand to our feet. Luke chapter 10, we're going to be reading verse 38 through 42. So excited about this passage. One of my favorites in all of the Bible. I'll stop you twice to give you a little context as to what is happening in the passage. But let's begin and read out loud all together in verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, hold on, hold on. As they went on their way, that's an important detail. Don't skip over it because Luke is letting us know that Jesus is on his way somewhere. A good question to ask would be, where is Jesus going? Let me tell you where he's going. He's going to the cross. He has a destination, better said destiny. He is going to Jerusalem where he's going to be crucified. Jesus is going to the cross. All right, let's pick up there. Jesus entered a village and a woman named... Hold on, say it again. Who? Martha. One more time. Who? Martha. I want you to catch it. It's not Mary. It's Martha. Martha, Martha, Martha. Welcomed him into, and she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his. But Martha was with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, So you see, she's been victimized by God here. Tell her then to help me. We already preaching, aren't we, Ben? Verse 41. Y'all help me. You are and about, but one more time. Is and Mary has chosen the good. Now, I don't know about you, but I like the good portions. I mean, if you go to a Super Bowl party this afternoon and somebody roasts a whole chicken, you're trying to be first in line. You, you want the good. I, I don't want them leftover wings that are too crispy. Like, I, I want the good. Well, Jesus is telling us what the good portion here is, and that is intimacy at his feet. Which, you got to get this too, which will not be taken away from her. All right, I got like 30 minutes to talk to you from the topic of how to host God. How to host God. How many of you want to be a host of the Holy Ghost? Come on, that's me. Jesus, we ask you this morning that you would make us carriers of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we, we don't want dry traditionalism. We don't want to talk about you like you are not here. We don't want to worship you simply by reciting some words, God. We are asking that the power of the Holy Spirit would rest in this sanctuary today on every heart, on every soul. We, we ask you today, God, make your word like a scalpel. You cut away from us everything that you want to remove. Make your word like a seed. Sow it deep into our spirit, God, that we might bear 100-fold fruit as a result of what you have promised in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen and amen. Give somebody a high five. You can sit down. We do high fives around here. We don't do fist bumps. 2020's over. 
All right, so one of the things that I want you to see real quick, because I didn't give you this context, but I think it's fascinating, is that Martha and Mary invited Jesus into their house. Now, something so interesting about this passage is that at this time in history, it was extremely uncommon for women to own property. All right, so I, I want you to get this. These are, these are not just, you know, some regular ladies. These are wealthy women, which is kind of crazy because you never think about that. But if they were able to afford a tomb for their brother Lazarus, that lets us know they had some moolah, right? Little moolah. And one of the things about two women being roommates, living by themselves, is that they would have been disgraced in this society because that means they're either divorced or they are widowed and it wouldn't be a place that a man would show up with a group of his friends that were male. So if you are an early reader of this text, the first thing that you are offended by is that Jesus would be caught in the home of a woman and there was no mention of her husband. So Jesus shows up in places that you think he should never be caught in. You know what I'm saying? Like Jesus, he just strolls in and he says, I'm gonna go ahead and sit down. I know I'm on my way. I, I know I'm headed to my destiny, my destination. I know I'm going to the cross, but people, even the people that everybody else rejects are not an inconvenience to my purpose. All right. We need to remember this, charismatic Pentecostals. It gets quiet when I say that. Is that as people who love worship, we love worship, we need to remember that Jesus' purpose was people. How often do we struggle to make people a part of our ministry? Jesus made people his purpose, and so he goes into this room, and what we see is we see a woman named Mary who hosts God well. Now, I don't know about you, but there is nothing like being hosted well. Anybody ever been hosted well? Anybody ever been hosted poorly? Isn't that the worst? Being, you know, because you travel for ministry, sometimes it's wild, right? It's wild. Uh, but that's okay, because, you know, we're, 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 we're not traveling for the perks, you know, we're traveling for the gospel. And so, uh, you know, my spiritual mom, Heidi, she said, when you go and you preach, you're allowed to ask for one thing, water. That's it. So, you know, it's all good. But, you know, I've had a couple of occasions recently where I was thinking back to some moments where I was hosted poorly. But the first example I want to give you is not an example of me being hosted poorly, but my brother. Now, early Jan, you guys saw hopefully on Instagram, um, I ran a sub four marathon. So, and, and, and my wife ran a half. And we were at Disney World. So the one place, the one place that you expect to be hosted perfectly is where? Disney World, right? Like I've read a book from the Disney Institute called Be Our Guest. Phenomenal book, by the way, on hospitality. And my little brother, Spencer, he and his wife, Molly, saved up money for months to go to Disney World and stay on property at the Beach Club. Now, if you've never been to the Beach Club, I'd highly recommend it because the pool is off the charts. Now, whenever they were checking in, they told him at the front desk, sir, we've got a rooftop view for you. And he texted me. He said, bro, I got a rooftop view. I said, man, favor ain't fair. 
And he's on his way up, you know, won't he do it? You know, we're just texting, rejoicing. And then he sent me a photo of his rooftop view. And uh, go, go ahead, show him the other one too. I, that's a janitor's closet, man. I don't even think, that's a rooftop view. I said, man, bro, you're being hosted poorly, all right? You're not, you're not being hosted well. Uh, is your preference to stay in that room? He said, no, it's not my preference. I said, well, you need to call the front desk and inform them of your preferences because if they desire to host you well, they're going to need to make your preferences their priorities. I'm, I'm preaching already. You got to catch it, all right? In order to host somebody well, you've got to make their preferences your priorities. Uh, so one time I, I got invited to preach in another state, and I'm not going to tell you where, Indiana, and because um, I'm from Kentucky, we don't like Hoosiers really. And um, they invited me to preach at this youth conference, and this was early on when I first started traveling and preaching. And I was kind of on this like hippie Jesus kick where I wanted to stay in people's houses, not hotels. And I don't do that anymore. I regret doing that. But, you know, I was like, just put me in a house with one of the families. They said, we got the perfect house for you. Great. This is awesome. Now, I'm kind of introverted, so I don't really like a lot of people around, especially people I don't know initially. Uh, but I pulled up and they had cars parked all the way down the street and they were having a house party. And so I don't really know anybody. So I come through in the front door and I'm like Joe Pesci in Home Alone where he's trying to like catch people like, hey, you know, I got like a bag and I'm like, hey, what, what, what am I doing? And, um, and, and then finally, you know, the guy's like, hey, man, we're super glad you're here. Welcome. Um, head on up, man. Uh, you're staying in our son's room. He's a teenager and, and hopefully he cleaned it up for you. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm walking up, you know, I'm walking up the stairs and I'm like, you know, I don't know what to expect, but I open the door and it just looks like a cyclone hit this room, right? I mean, it's destroyed. So I look over at the bed, it's a mattress on the floor and there's a comforter that's been balled up into a ball tightly and, and placed in the dead center of the mattress. And I thought, well, I'll just go ahead and make the bed. I picked it up and there was a brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tart smashed up in like a hundred pieces. I took a bite. I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really. And, you know, shook it out and said, oh, it's fine, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm allowed to ask for water. This is great, you know. So over, over the few days I was there, I fell in love with that family. That family was phenomenal. They were a phenomenal family and they loved me so well. And honestly, like when I left, I would have been happy to stay another night. I, it wouldn't have bothered me at all. Because they, they were loving, they were well-intentioned, but you know, because they didn't consider my needs, I wasn't really hosted well. Yeah. So the reason I bring all of this up is because we want to be people who host God well, amen? Yeah. And so in order to be good host of Jesus, when he comes into our house, we're going to have to take into consideration his preferences. And not just what he wanted last month or what he wanted 10 years ago, but what is it that Jesus wants today? If you have a passion to host the presence of God, you're going to have to discern what Jesus desires presently. So I can tell you what it's like to be hosted well. You know, my, my wife and I, we went to Miami a week and a half ago, and we got the opportunity to hang out at Vu Church with some new friends of ours. Somebody here from Vu? Praise God. Let's go. 
MIA 305, what's good? Um, we were there and we got in this car and, and I thought we were gonna Uber, but we got in this Suburban and I, they were so nice. And the driver turned around and said, here you go, Pastor Lau, here's a grapefruit seltzer. Now I'm thinking, this is my favorite seltzer. How does he know? I'm like, man, praise God, this is my favorite seltzer. He said, oh, we know. I said, how? He said, we did some research. And we learned about your preferences. So we prepared based upon your preferences because we're gonna prioritize your needs because we wanna make sure that while you're with us, you're hosted well because, get this, so you'll come back. Man, if y'all ain't taking notes already, I'm telling you, I'm already preaching. I don't know about you, but I, I, want, I want them to return. It's layered. I want them to come back. I want every Sunday, you know, I want Jesus to wake up with the same zeal that I think I have, but I know it's borrowed from him. I was glad. I bet Jesus says this every single Sunday morning. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to my house. And it's really, really important. If we are going to be good hosts, we're going to have to prioritize the preferences of our guests. If we're going to make the effort to invite somebody over, why not make the effort to make their time with us a wonderful experience so that they want to come back? Amen? Amen. So let's look at some context of what's happening here. I've already mentioned that Jesus was on his way to the cross. And he stopped because there was a woman there named Martha who invited him in. Now, we don't see any indicator from the text that Jesus was on his way to Martha's house. What we see is that Jesus was on his way. Now, we know he's very close to the triumphal entry. So he's on his way to his purpose. He's on his way to his destiny. But there was a woman who was watching as he was walking by named Martha and said, Jesus! We invite you. There's ecclesiological implications of the story, all right? We've got to be a house. That as we watch Jesus walk, Jesus, we invite you. Because we don't want him to pass us by, amen? If you think about the moment where uh, Peter walked on water, we love that story, right? Well, if you read it real close, I actually have it. It is Luke, no, it's, it's Mark chapter six. Mark chapter six. So you see Jesus walks on the lake. Check out that last line. He was about to pass them by. But what happened? A disciple said, Jesus, we invite you. Right? The road to Emmaus story. Can you pull up that one? That's the next one. It should be uh, Luke chapter 24. They approached the village. Jesus continued on as if he were going further. I just wonder how many Sunday mornings does Jesus just kind of do a drive-by? Like, just, just wondering if you guys want me to show up today. I'm, I, do you want to host me or you want, you want to talk about me? Like, you read story, you, oh, you're reading a story about me. You, you don't want me actually there. You, uh, uh, yeah. Right, Jesus is always on the move but he's never in a hurry. He's always looking for a house. He's always looking for a people. He's always looking for a person. He's always looking for a Martha. This says, come in. Jesus, come in here. Now, we don't get 
any indications either that there were any special preparations made for his visitation. You know, like we do prepare for services, but it's very difficult to prepare for Jesus to show up if we have not discerned what his preferences would be on that particular day. He may come in and mess up the whole set list. He may come in and ruin the three-service format. He may come in and mess up revival kids, move with the Holy Spirit. Just seeing if you guys want me. Because I'm on the move, but I'm not in a hurry. I'm about my father's business, but I prioritize my people. Jesus wants to come into this house and sit down. I mean it. He does. And I feel it and I sense it and I know it. And I am preparing in my heart and prayer for an unprecedented move of the Holy Spirit in our house. And I want it. How about you guys? I want it. I want to be like Martha. I want to say, Jesus, come in. We want you here. We are ready for a drop in. Now, the first week when I talked uh, from the topic of truth to table, we talked about not just allowing Jesus to host us in his house here, but that we would be host of Jesus in our houses at home. Dad, it's not enough just to take your family to church. I'm so grateful you bring your kids to Jesus' house. But can I encourage you, Mom? Get Jesus to your dinner table. Get Jesus to your living room. Open up the Bible at night before bedtime. Lay hands on your children. Pray and prophesy over them. Get Jesus in the house. I'm grateful that Martha and Mary understood the assignment and they brought Jesus into the house. But hold on, wait, let me back up and say, was it they or was it just Martha? Because what the Bible says is that Mary was in. It was actually Martha that got Jesus into the house. Now, as charismatic Pentecostals, we love to demonize Martha, don't we? We do. Yeah, oh, Mar- Martha. Boo. I ain't going to be like Martha. I ain't going to be like Martha. I'm a worshiper. Can you serve in kids? I'm a worshiper. I don't. Oh, got quiet again. Getting quiet. Could you, could you serve in parking? Mm-mm. I'm, anoint, I'm too anointed for that. Wow. Wow. This is why you said it got stabby in first service. <laughs> I asked Eggers, I was like, how was it? He's like, a little stabby. But uh, but is it, is it not true? We look at Martha and we say, Martha's terrible. Martha's the worst. Mar- I, 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 I'm not called to be a worker. I'm called to be a worshiper. I'm not called to be a laborer. I'm called to be a lover. No, I won't serve in parking, pastor. I'm too anointed for that. Well, where will you serve? Well, on stage, of course. I'm gonna need some help from you guys. Um, But you you see what I'm saying? What we neglect in the story was it was not Mary who got Jesus in the house. If it was up to Mary for Jesus to come in, he never would have visited because she was laid out on the carpet in the living room. It was Martha said, hey, Jesus, I got a house for you. I've worked. I've worked. 
and prepared and I'm zealous to serve you. Get in here. So if you've ever used this passage as an excuse not to work but only worship, you have misinterpreted the story. You've misinterpreted the story because Martha's problem wasn't the fact that she was serving. Jesus never demonizes serving in all of the gospels. In fact, he says of himself, I did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus said to his disciples, if you wanna be great, he didn't say be a prayer warrior. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh Uh-oh, come on, Pentecostals. He didn't say, hey, sit on the altar and just, you know, lay down for five hours. You'll be great. He said, if you want to be great, you have to roll up your sleeves and get to work. The greatest among you will be the one who served. Right? So if, if all you do at church, and I'm talking to the members of Legacy Nashville now, if all you do is worship and you refuse to serve, can I tell you, you have overlooked the amount of hours that Martha's, Martha's matter, let me tell you, that Martha's have been working all week long for you to have that privilege to come in here and say, I just get to worship today. I give God praise for the Martha's. I give God praise for the Martha's. Could we thank everybody who serves this house? It, 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 it's, it, it's so important. It's so important. Martha's problem was not that she desired to serve Jesus, but it was that she did not make his desires her priorities on that particular occasion. Now, if Martha was wrong for serving, Jesus would have rebuked her for serving. But Jesus never, read it again, Jesus never rebukes Martha for serving. He doesn't rebuke her. He diagnoses her. He diagnoses her like the great physician that he is. All right. So I think it's possible, probable, in fact, that Jesus had come around before. Remember, he's friends with Lazarus, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. So I think it's absolutely possible that Jesus had come around before, and perhaps the previous Sunday, he was in the house and spoke on serving. You see what I'm saying? Maybe the last time Jesus talked to Martha, he had told her to serve. Martha's problem here is not that she was passionate about serving Jesus. Martha's problem here was that she did not discern the priorities presently in order to host the presence of Jesus. Her problem was not her zeal to serve Jesus. Her problem was a lack of discernment. Martha was no longer current with God. Perhaps she was trying to live off of leftovers. Well, I know that God used to do this 10 years ago and he would habitate a house whenever people would behave in this particular way. That's what God told you last Sunday. But what are the priorities of Jesus presently? Right now, today. Does it make sense to y'all? It's making sense to y'all? It's making sense? Yeah? This is important. This is how we host God. If you, if you have a desire to host God's presence, you've got to discern what God wants presently. Now, Martha's lack of discernment led to something that I think is a huge problem in the church, and that is distraction. Her lack of discernment led to distraction. Look at verse 40. It says, but Martha was with much 
serving. Notice Jesus never says that serving is bad. Martha's problem was not serving. The problem was that she was, quote, unquote, distracted with much serving. And that's why I could have called this message Martha's mistake. She made a mistake. What is a mistake? A mistake is a missed take. It's a lack of discernment. She did not see what it was that Jesus wanted from her on that particular occasion. It was a missed take. She was not current with God. She lacked discernment. And as a result of not knowing what God was doing then and now, she got distracted. A lack of discernment leads to distraction. Now, Martha's an Israeli, but she's behaving very American here. Because instead of just being, she's doing doing. And I love what uh, Jack Frost said. If all we ever do is do, 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 that's all we ever get. Do, do. Some of y'all just getting that. You're like, hold on. Remember, Jesus is not rebuking her. Jesus is diagnosing her because he is the great physician. Now, I think that what he diagnoses her with is what I'll call DWMS disorder. Great, great physician. Do you have a bad case of DWMS disorder? Go ahead, show them what that means. Distracted with much serving disorder. Uh, man, I, I, I mean, I see spirit-filled people do this all the time. It's like, I'm not current with God. I don't necessarily know what's happening in the room. So what I'm going to do to make sure I still appear to be spiritual is I'm gonna get to work. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes our working, staying in function is actually us pretending that we are current with God because we are fearful of sitting at his feet because we know he's going to say to us some things that are going to make us uncomfortable. Y'all with me? DWMS disorder. Do you have it? Well, here's some symptoms of it. I'll give it to you real quick. Uh, Number one is a complaining spirit. Uh Uh-oh. I lost Brian Eggers. He's probably going to need to come play soon too. Um, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Number two, here's another symptom. No reverence for authority. Do you not care? She tried to command God. Tell her to help me. Number three, a selfish spirit. My sister has left me to serve alone. This could also look like lonely introspection that leads to victimization. God has victimized me. Be demanding. Tell her to help me. Trying to control God. Number five, focused on things, not relationships. Martha was distracted with much serving. And number six, emotional highs and lows. Martha welcomed him into the house. Come on in, Lord. But then five minutes later, she's rebuking him. Do you not care? Tell her to help me. This disorder, DWMS, I made this up, by the way. It's, you're not going to find it on WebMD, but... uh, It's brought on by a deficiency. I know today we talk a lot about nutrient deficiencies, but DWMS, distracted with much serving disorder, is not brought on by a a nutrient deficiency. It's brought on by an intimacy deficiency. I might even call it, just for, you know, medical terminology, an intimacy imbalance. And when we have an intimacy imbalance, we start to display some of these symptoms 
And if it's not treated, then it leads to a significant lack of discernment. And when you no longer are able to discern what God is doing and why he is doing it, you will always end up questioning his good nature. And you know what we call that? Deconstruction. Oh yeah, I'm going to go there for about 30 seconds. You know, I've never met a deconstructionist that is also an intimate. Never. I never met a deconstructionist that is also an intimate. You know, we're called to be disciples, church, not deconstructionist. A majority of deconstruction is the result of discipleship, but it's not discipleship under the tutelage of the Messiah. A majority of deconstruction is discipleship, but it's being discipled by demons. Deconstruction is the result of demonic discipleship. Rather than be renewed in your mind, you are conformed to the pattern of this world, which is a kind of demonic discipleship, and instead of becoming a believer, you become an accuser, which is one of the primary character attributes of Satan himself, an accuser of the brethren. What does Satan want to do? He wants to accuse you and control God. Right? What do we so often receive from deconstructionists? I put Jesus on trial. I accuse Jesus. He's not as good as he said he is, and I want to control you. I'm going to control everything. Control God. Tell her to help me. You, if you were good, you'd do this. Listen, if the enemy can convince you that you are a victim of God's negligence, then you'll become an accuser too. And that's exactly what he wants, for you to devolve, lose all discernment, deconstruct, put Jesus on trial, and start trying to control God and other people. Man, y'all did not come to church for all that, did you? All right, let me give you a prescription, because this is what I think the, the great physician did. And I got more message than I got time. But let me give you a prescription, because I think this is what Jesus wrote whenever he talked to Martha a little bit. He said, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and you're troubled about many things. See anxiety, you see depression, troubling. You, and, I, and I'm not trying to use that in a modern context. I'm simply saying like, she's anxious, she's troubled. Why is that? Because she's worried about all kinds of stuff rather than worrying about one thing in that moment, which is the most necessary. He says, Mary's chosen the good portion and you're not gonna take it away from her with all of your demands and your controlling attitude today. You're not gonna take away from her what's most important. Can I tell you that Jesus is the great preserver of your intimacy? How often do we tell God, I've been victimized by my third child. I can no longer be intimate with you, Lord, because you gave me another baby. Hold on, wait, I thought children were a gift from God. So you're telling me that increased favor in your life leads to decreased fellowship in your life. No, that ain't the way it works. Jesus will preserve your intimacy so long as you'll do what Mary did, which was this, choose it. I fell in love with Jesus. Well, that's primary emotional, primarily emotional, and it's not sustainable. I fell in love with my wife as well. We've been married almost 11 years come May. And, you know, it's still emotional, isn't it? Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> uh, but on, on, on certain occasions, we're going to have to choose it. 
And, and that's what we see Jesus looking at Mary and saying, she's, she's choosing intimacy. She didn't fall, oh wow, I'm just so in love. We have those experiences, we all do. But if you're gonna have sustained intimacy, you're gonna have to continue to choose it. And if you will continue to choose it, here's what Jesus says, he'll preserve it. No, 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 I, you know, I'm not taking her away from my feet. I'm not gonna let you control her. Well, it's my boss, Lord. I would be intimate, but I just, I can't do it. No, he preserves it. So let me give you this as a prescription real quick. And it's just one point. How to heal DWMS disorder and host God well. It's very simple. Make intimacy with God your greatest priority. Make intimacy with God your greatest priority. If you're anxious, sit at the Lord's feet and listen to his teaching. And we always skip over that part too. We say, oh, I sit at the Lord's feet. I'm, I'm worshiping, I'm worshiping. But what else does it say that she did? Listen to his what? Listen to his what? Spirit and? That's why every time I've ever told the Lord, I want to be closer to you. You know what the Holy Spirit says? Get your Bible. I want to worship more. Bring your Bible into the prayer closet. I want to know what you're like, God. Get my, get my diary. I wrote it. You can read all about me. It's 66 books of self-disclosure. Every time I hunger for God, God always equips me with this word. As I make my way into his presence, I open it up before him at his feet. And I not only sit, but I also listen to the teaching. You know, if you, if, you look up, if you look up the word here in the Hebrew, it's the word Shema. It's where we get the word, it's the Shema prayer. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We know this, right? You know, in Hebrew thinking, that to hear meant to obey. And if you did not obey, then you didn't actually hear. Listen, we're listening. And, and we're not listening to learn. We're listening to be obedient. Whatever you say in here. I say yes. I make intimacy with God my greatest priority. This is what you want today. This is what I'm doing. You want to hear me sing today? I don't sing well, but I'll sing for you, Lord. You want to hear me pray for my, my son today? I'm praying for my son today. You want to hear me pray for my mom today? I'm praying for my mom today. You mean pray for another church? I don't even like them. I'm praying for them. You mean you hear me pray for my coworker? She's offended me. I'm praying for it. Because whatever you want, that's what, that's what we want. Because your preferences are our priorities, God. We want you to come into this place and we want you to sit down and stay a while. Kick your feet up. The earth is your footstool. Stay a while. Sit down. Rule and reign in this, pre in this place. We're, we're not talking about you like we don't really want you here. It's your house. I don't know about you, church, but I want to be a house that hosts God well. And if that's our promise, you know what we need to do? Make our preferences really, really small. I, 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 know, I know some people can't step into their promises because their preferences are so big. I would go to the nations, but there's no peanut butter. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I would go preach the gospel on the other side of the tracks, but might be people there that don't like me. You see what I'm saying, church? Like our preferences need to just, just, just leave those in the altar. Whatever you want.
Could we stand? I got to close. We got another service in 13 minutes, and you guys already know how bad traffic is. If you're in the room today and, and you need to start a relationship with Jesus, we're going to have an altar team up here. And don't even, I, I'm not asking you to raise your hand or nothing. Just come down. Just, just come down. If you need to begin a relationship with Jesus today, just come down. Um, Todd's here. Thomas is here. Daniel's here. Liz is here. Uh, they're wearing badges. Just, just come down. If you need to renew your relationship with Jesus, like you've lost it, come down. Just come down. If you need to get born again, again, come down. If you need prayer, all right, if you need prayer for anything, you just want us to agree with you and intercede with you, come down. Just come down. Just come down. Just come on down. Come on down. Thank you. Thank you for the courage. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Is, is anybody over here? You need to come? Just come on down. If you're standing next to somebody and they're like, I would come, but I feel a little lonely. If you feel that, just ask them. Say, hey, come, I'll come with you. Come on down. Come on down. We're, we're, we're here to pray for you. We're family, all right? We're here to pray for you. And, and don't worry. The, there's, there's no hurry in the altar, all right? We'll start the next service with you right here. It's okay. You're not an inconvenience. Jesus, we love you. We're grateful for you. If you're willing, would you, just, would you lift your hands with me and just, just thank the Lord for his goodness and his mercy, his grace? Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you for stopping for us, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that you're never too busy to inhabit your own house, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave us the Holy Spirit without measure and we're leaving this place different today. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross, for your death, for your burial, for your resurrection. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood, for your body that was broken for us. Thank you, Jesus, for the open heaven over our heads, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.